In Genesis chapter 2, God lays down a pattern for gender, sexuality, and relationships between men and women. Patterns are something I'm familiar with. My mother used to sew clothes. She'd lay a bolt of cloth out on the kitchen table and then pull from a large envelope a yellowed, crinkly old pattern. She'd pin it to the bolt of cloth and then take out her scissors. To this day, I can still hear the snip, snip, snip of her scissors in the kitchen cutting that bolt of cloth. A pattern provides the standard. It's up to the seamstress how accurately he or she cuts along the lines. When we looked at Genesis chapter 2 in the last podcast, we saw that God made clear lines. The text says, male and female made he them. The text also told us men and women are partners, suitable helpers of each other. Actually, managing partners called to rule over creation and tend it well. God's pattern also said they were to be vulnerable. The text said they were naked and unashamed, fully revealed to each other and to God. And the last verse of Genesis 2 tells us they were to be leaved and cleaved. They were to forsake their primary relationship to their parents and be glued to each other and become one flesh. For those that might think God laid down a pattern for then but not now, Jesus repeats this same principle almost verbatim in Mark chapter 10. And Paul, carried along by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5, repeats it again. This sounds like a prescriptive pattern for all time. One man, one woman, glued together for life. It doesn't say for life in the Genesis text. Jesus adds that in the Mark text. What God has joined together as one flesh, let no one tear apart. Which brings me to the pink and blue and glue project I send my students home with. They come back the next day with their pink and blue sheet glued together. And then I remind them about God's pattern. One man, one woman, glued together for life. Inevitably, they have questions. If they don't speak them out loud, remember these are 7th graders, you can read it on their face. Here's the essence of those questions. It's the same ones you probably have. Is it okay for two pinks or two blues? Homosexuality. How about a blue and two pinks? Polygamy. Is it okay for a pink to transition to blue? Transgenderism. What about the color purple? Those who are non-binary. Their questions move on from pink and blue to the glue. Some of my students use great glue. Others don't even bother. They use staples or tape or even paper clips. Which leads to a 7th grade age-appropriate discussion on being a player in cohabitation. I then give them two minutes, a lab as it were, to pull their pink and blue pieces apart. My instructions? A prize goes to the one who can take their pink and blue apart, doing the least amount of damage to each piece. To some, there's no damage at all, especially those who use paper clips. With other students, there's nothing left but shreds. We then have another age-appropriate discussion about divorce. All my students have been directly or indirectly impacted by that in their own lives. There's clearly wisdom in Jesus' admonition. What God has joined together, let no one separate. That's God's pattern. 
I visit with the students about two situations where God said, sometimes separating pink and blue is necessary. We'll talk about those in future podcasts. Today, pink and blue and glue are highly controversial and emotional topics to discuss. I urge us all to show grace and understanding. In the New Testament's words, to be quick to hear and slow to speak when discussing these issues with each other. Relatively few of us cut very well along God's pattern in this area. But please don't misunderstand the pattern. God's pattern in creation was one man, one woman, glued together for life. Genesis 1 and 2 teaches that God designed a world, and it was good, and he designed pink and blue and glued them together, and it was very good. So, what on earth happened? I'll address that in our next word picture.